Good morning, everyone. On the line with us this morning is Juno Representative Andy Story. Good morning, Andy. Morning. How are you, Kevin? Oh, I'm I'm doing well. What's coming up for you this holiday season? Uh, well, first of all, I just wanted to say happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and uh, happy Hanukkah, and just the holiday season is so much fun, um, and Juno really does a nice job. I um, I'm happy because all my grandchildren will be home. My granddaughter lives here, but the twins are visiting, and so they're going to be here for a couple weeks, so getting ready for that. But, you know, I also want to say, you know, it has, we have really had some losses in our community uh, the last couple of years, and the holidays can be really hard for people who are, you know, grieving the loss of a loved one and or if they've been ill or are ill. So I think it's just really important that we try and think about people who um, maybe need some extra support or a phone call this holiday season. And th- thank you for for that. Um, I mean, just to get into the season a little bit, might the legislature have something planned? Uh, yes. Uh, we are having a, the Juno delegation is sponsoring a holiday open house. Uh, we we did this uh, the first year I served, and then we had COVID, so we couldn't continue it, but we had a lot of fun. It's up at the Capitol. It's uh, the 22nd this year over the a long noon hour, 1130 to 130. And it's, you know, fun to come up to the Capitol. Uh, we've got a Christmas tree in the ground floor. The stairwell has got a lot of greens on it and red ribbons. And um, it's a time for people if they haven't had a chance and they're running downtown for last Christmas shopping um, to um, come up to the Capitol and visit my office's room 403, uh, Rep. Hannon and Sarah, um, Senator Keel. They will have their offices open um, with uh, some light refresh to wander around. We'll be giving mini tours, and it just... Um, it's a nice time. Of course, people are welcome anytime to come to the Capitol, but over the holidays, lots of people are downtown, and we're just encouraging them um, on the 22nd to come over the noon hour if they can. I guess that's something I've, I'm kind of curious about. Will you be in the same office come the next session? <laughs> well, that will <laughs> that will be interesting to see. Um, as you know, uh, offices can move around based on seniority and uh, preference, and so we will, and with organization, of course. So, um, uh, and speaking of have, organization, yeah. well, let's let's take that up. We'll be heading into the legislative session here before we know it. I first wanted to ask you about the bipartisan Senate coalition. What was your reaction to its announcement? Uh, I really think it's. Uh, Good. I mean, we really want to be uh, working together across the aisle uh, for good things for Alaskans. And the Senate obviously was talking and, you know, they've got a large uh, majority of the Senate who will be working together. And that just bodes well for uh, many things, for our essential services, for a work on a fiscal plan. Um, and I was, uh, uh, Senator Stevens, uh, is Senate president and I've worked closely with him on education issues. 
He's been Senate Education Chair. Well, I've been co-chair for a couple of years, and he was Vice President of Education last year. And so it bodes well for um, investing in our children. And, and he's returning to that position. I, I believe he's been Senate President before. Uh, yes, he has. Yeah. So he um, and he sponsored some civics education uh, legislation before, and he is all about civil discourse and how important it is that uh, we are respectful in our work and that we do try and be rowing in the same direction for Alaskans. I think lots of people have been talking to people over campaigning because many people, you know, what was it, 59 out of 60, <laughs> were really out there listening to people, and they are focused on getting some things done and not trying not to focus so much on um, things that might divide us. Yeah, I had saw Speaker Stutes talked about bipartisanship and working across the aisle in a statement she and others of the coalition had released. At least you know you have one moderate Republican. What are your observations in forming such a coalition again with a practically new House? Uh, well, in my meeting, new people who are going to be serving up there, um, as I've said to many people, there's Alaskans are sending uh, overwhelmingly you know, people who really want to again, solve some problems and work together. And so I'm hoping we can have a uh, coalition in the House again. I'm optimistic about that. So um, I don't see why it cannot happen. I, one of my, on my wish list for legislative happenings is that we do organize before session starts. I think that's important. Um, I know we have, we're waiting for a couple of uh, lawsuits to be finished. Um, um, have some decisions behind them, and conversations are happening. So I'm I'm optimistic. And as opposed to the many new faces at the legislature, one position that will not be changing is the governor. So Governor Dunleavy will be continuing on for another term. What are your hopes in working with his administration this session? Well, I certainly think and have heard from the governor in his press releases and talked to his chief of staff for quite a long time uh, last week, and certainly the message um, I've been hearing and I think everyone's been hearing is um, governor wants to work with everyone for Alaskans. So, um, you know, I think that's really positive and I think that's going to happen. He's supposed to be releasing the budget this week. It appears oil has been in the mid-70s this month. That's a long way from the 100 earlier this year. Your thoughts? Uh, yes, we all know that uh, the futures market is um, predicting a lot lower oil prices. I, the uh, budget was balanced on a $102 barrel of oil, and so it's going to be a tighter budget uh, than uh, we had all hoped for, and production of oil has been not as where we thought it was going to be. So more reason than ever to be working on the fiscal plan. I think, you know, it's been clear, again, people want certainty. Businesses certainly want cer certainty to help with their investments in Alaska. And so the time is ripe, really, to work on a fiscal plan. 
So uh, this uncertainty uh, in oil prices is something we've lived with for a long time. And we also had the terrific work of the fiscal um, policy working group who really had some foundational key components in it. And we're not like starting from zero when we come into the Capitol building in January. And even though you pointed out that we have many new legislators, uh, several of them have been deeply involved in politics. Uh, we have some who have been uh, staff to legislators who didn't run again for six years. Uh, we uh, won four years, I believe, won six. Uh, we have Elise Galvin return, well, who's been an advocate up there and worked really hard at the federal level. I mean, people who really have a deep understanding of our fiscal situation. And then, you know, we, there's training that happens uh, starting the 10th of January. Legislators will be coming to town and we will be, um, you know, working on everyone getting a clear picture of our finances, uh, educating ourselves, updating um, the issues, and I think legislative affairs and then our nonpartisan legislative finance division prides themselves in putting the picture, fiscal picture out there and having us ask deep questions and dives into it and giving us their um as much as you can, you know, their opinion about what would happen. So Alaska, um, we have good resources to help us get where we need to go, which is certainty uh, for economic stability. And it's been elusive since I've been up there, and I'm hoping that this is the year. And from what I understand for forward funding the schools, it will still be there if the average for a Duh, for a barrel of oil is $87. Uh, the average so far has been about 96 Is this something you've been keeping your eye on? Uh, well, I've certainly been advocating for, you know, two-year education funding policy is a smart thing for our state. Uh, we see it right now. School districts are in crisis because we funded $57 million in one-time monies, which that means they are budgeting their projections for their budgets that have to go to the municipalities, according to city statute in June, I was an example, by March, yet they have to budget with $1.8 million less revenue because that's what $57 million is to the Juneau School District. And I know their food budget um, is low. I know, you know, property uh, insurance is up. We've had, you know, the Riverbend School with their unfortunate roof uh, leaking. And we've had to, we've gotten $3 million, um, to help help with that. But usually, you know, claims have gone up because of when we make higher claims. It's just what happens. Mm-hmm. So... It's to me. It's really so painful to watch this play out because one of the reasons I deeply want to help educate other legislators up there how our funding policy hurts um, the public confidence in our schools because we don't fund in advance, and so then we have to predict these cuts, and then we'll slide in there in May, and I believe we will make that fifty-seven permanent 
um, plus some inflation proofing. Uh, but we've, in the meantime, everyone's had to have these projections that uh, put us all in kind of a crisis mode about what's going to happen next year. So, uh, and I believe we we have talked about on prior programs catching education funding up with with inflation. So, you're you're feeling that that is something that will be taken up once again. I feel so strongly about that, as you know, Kevin, but many more people, the governor included, you know, when I was watching his press conference and he said, we need to invest in our kids. It's really becoming clear our flat funding since 2017 has really um, hurt operations, and I'm hearing it from, you know, significant majority of legislators when they were campaigning and just talking to them, that it's a priority for them to um, invest um, in our um, children and youth education. It'll be interesting to see pre-K accounted for in the student totals. Andy, what other matters are you hearing some immediate interest in taking up this session? Well, I first wanted to say for pre-K, we budgeted $3 million for pre-K this year, and what the Department of Education is doing is they are putting into place standards for a quality preschool. And so then school districts such as Juno, who I believe have standards of quality preschool, they can apply to DEED to get funding for a half of a FTE because preschool is half a day, so half of the student funding. Um, and. Uh, Next year, or if there's any money left of the $3 million, because it goes to the lowest-performing schools right now to try and get education funding, um, preschool funding for those, those students. So we have a while to build up. The budget does call for um, increased infusions of money for preschool, but, uh, you know, it's going to take us a while to get there, but it's really a step in the right direction. So you, um, I think you asked me for some other things that I was hoping would happen in our legislative session. Yes. Well, again, you know, there are some foundational pieces that we have to do, um, and that's, um, you know, protecting the permanent fund and not overdrawing the earnings reserve account. And we have a law and statute about that, so that's good. Uh, Citizens really want to have a robust and sustainable permanent fund dividend, which is why it's really important to try and, you know, be working on what that would be, because that um, is, you know, critical to figure out, because then it helps us with um, finding out what money we're going to have for essential services. Um, And I have been concerned that since 2012, we have not increased senior benefits, and I've been hearing from some seniors about how they've been really struggling. So I think that and when we look in our essential services, and I think about public safety, I think about taking care of our elders, and when I look at um, public safety, we've put quite a few investments in there, but again, we have to uh, support our behavioral health and addiction treatment programs. And we're falling behind in that, or we haven't even caught up to that. Um, 
And that's going to so much help with um, public safety is addressing those underlying problems. And so what I'm looking at, some investments, um, then we have to look at what revenue is coming in. Uh, I think that, let's see, um, I know that our revenue is predicted to not be as high as it was before with oil prices, but we still will have some unrestricted revenue um, in, like, I think over a billion dollars. And so you want to do some investments, but we also want to be strategic in how we help lower the cost of living in Alaska. And so I'm really hoping that we can make some energy investments with that money because, of course, uh, we've... We're lucky with, um, we have uh, hydropower, but other parts of the state are really struggling. And we are, you know, looking at our state as a whole to doing well. I would like to put some more money into the, our Alaska Permanent um, Housing Corporation so they can make some investments in some housing projects in different areas. Uh, we have to focus on child care because... Oh, there was just a great op-ed in the paper yesterday that a representative Ivy Sponholz and Representative Sarah Rasmussen put together about uh, how 20% of the workforce are having to stay home because they uh, can't afford, they need to have someone watching their children. And they, it's a deflationary mechanism as if we can help invest some of our dollars in our preschool programs, the centers, the daycare centers, uh, so they can stay open at this time of uh, a time when we haven't been investing investing in that area so as much. Perhaps alleviate a little bit of that pressure, huh? Oh, yes, for sure. And then, of course, you know, mariculture is something that I've you know, really needs to be developed in our state. And we've um, passed a bill to help with alleviate some of the red tape and that, making it interesting for businesses. And we, of course, are always looking to be doing things like that. And uh, we have to have, you know, appropriate and efficient use of our federal infrastructure funds. So we're going to be really having some oversight over that and making sure we are really going to be... Uh, using that wisely and hopefully by using the federal funds we can free up we will have some money to have a robust capital budget which also helps us with the workforce and jobs so there's a lot of of good things because we do have some of significant in our state and we're not looking at a deficit for the state of Alaska so i guess that's another reason why i'm so optimistic I mean, it's uh, we're going to have to be really smart and strategic in our budgets, um, and I think that's possible. Very good, Andy. Well, before we go, might there be any Juno town halls coming up? <laughs> yes, uh, June, June, January eleventh. <laughs> uh, we are having a town hall um, at Zanta Kahini. And that uh, will start at 5.30 to 7. We picked Santa Kahini because it's kind of in the middle of town, so to speak, and it's got a nice space there in the commons. And we are there just to uh, 
give a little update about what we know at that point with organization and uh, what we're working on going forward, but then really hoping Town Hall is all about hearing um, citizens' concerns and things they hope we will be working on, confirming some of the things we're concerned about, and then, you know, or else saying, no, that's not the way I want to go. I mean, we, we really need to hear from the public because we represent the public and we want to make sure we are uh, doing you know, what's, what's desired and educating people about our thoughts if it's, if it's maybe a way that something they are, are not thinking is the best thing to do. Um, and again, we, I always try and make the best decision that I have with the information I have at the time when I'm voting on things. Um, and there's always new information. That's one thing we can count on. But it is Wednesday, January 11th at Santa Cajini. And then I am um, going to be in Haines and Quequan on Sunday, January 8th and Monday, January 9th to be uh, doing the same thing. And I will be um, sending postcards out or advertising so people know the times and places. Getting to know your new constituents? Yeah, yeah, really important. And then I should say, you know, our number is 907-465-3744. Anyone can call anytime, and I will get back to them. Well, thank you for joining us this morning, Andy. Have a great holiday season. Yes, everyone, please uh, have a safe holiday season and enjoy time with loved ones. And if you're not with them call them. (laughs) So anyway, everyone drive safely out there.